Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi, everyone. This is Natalie Jean, de Natalie Jean. And today on Chatting with Nat, we have the honor of having pop singer-songwriter Emma Ray. Emma Ray is a pop singer-songwriter. Her upbringing in a house with a jazz trombonist father and vocalist-guitarist mother has heavily influenced her music Emma's original music flows freely between genres. While at Berklee College of Music, she studied under renowned singer-songwriter Paula Cole. Emma has won numerous awards throughout her career, including the Excellence in Songwriting Scholarship at Berklee. An accomplished pianist and lyricist, Emma's music captures the realities of love and loss, triumph and angst. Let's give her a round of applause. How are you, Emma? Hey, how are you? Happy to be here. I'm happy that you're here, too, because it's awesome. <laughs> um, how have you been during this, um, let me see how to put it, election, George Floyd, pandemic, COVID had some babies, polio, Roe versus Wade, vaccinated, boosting, um, mass shootings, tsunamis, earthquakes, all kinds of different things. How have you been? Uh, I mean, I've, I've been, you know, hanging in there. I've been, I've been pretty good, pretty good, but it's been rough, especially in the music industry, you know, performances gone for a very long time. So, yeah, I don't want to say that kind of sucks, but that did suck. Um, but oh. people, people found different ways to perform. I guess it was kind of free or people could tip them, you know, with the whole live streaming during the pandemic stuff. So one thing that I noticed is that a lot of people got to learn about different things that tools that they can use, you know, if they ever have to live stream and stuff like that. And I think eventually, I think that will blow up eventually someday where people are going to use that platform to be able to perform like, you know, have like a little private party. You can live stream with the artists, ask questions and stuff like that. But I understand, you know, obviously you want to be able to go out there and perform and tour and engage with the audiences face to face. And unfortunately the pandemic didn't allow us to do that. That sucked. A lot of people lost a lot of revenue, had to find ways to get money. The government gave money. People were giving grants and stuff like that. But it was still um, a torturous situation. So one of the questions I like to ask is this. You know, I give a little synopsis. Obviously, the pandemic was awful, and all the surrounding things around that have been awful. Um, People lost lives. They lost limbs. Um, People have long-term covid but out of that, mm-hmm. there's been pros. Um, family members were seen walking together, taking time with each other. There was climate change. My God, the pollution level went down when we weren't out there. The trees and the animals were quite happy. They're probably mad that we're back. Um, people, <laughs> did, yeah, people decided to quit their jobs because they realized that, you know, it, you have 
to make money to live, but why not do something that you're happy doing and making money at the same time? So I read a lot of articles on that. I read a lot of articles of people deciding to take uh, cut back on hours because they realized that they weren't spending enough time with friends or, or time to their themselves as well. And then for artists like you and I, some people released singles. I did. Um, there were tracks, albums, EPs. Some people rebranded, stayed the same. Some people decided, oh, I want to be more effective player in my music so what did you think about did you think about anything did you try decide to change anything um what was it what was your main focus I'm, there was a yeah. lot of self-introspection a lot of self-introspection yeah. oh yeah oh yeah i i did a lot of writing i did release a few singles um but i had to I, I was teaching a lot. I was doing a lot of music teaching before the pandemic, and then that kind of came to a quick halt because of right. you know nobody wants a teacher to come to their house. So right. you know I did some, some Zoom lessons, which I learned quickly are the worst. Um, but I actually picked up voice acting. Oh really? So, yeah, and now and now I'm I'm I've been pretty successful at it, which is super fun. So it's like a whole new aspect of my career that I wasn't planning on and COVID kind of helped me accelerate that. I love I actually love that. I'm glad that you brought that up because I looked into that myself and not just the voice acting. Oh, yeah. yeah, I looked in that myself. Um I looked at doing um audio books as well. Um mm. And I and I created a file. I said I, have, I still haven't done. It. I printed out this one book I was going to read for. Then I got busy. Didn't have time to do it. But I really get get need to get back into it because you know you they can pay you up to like two hundred dollars an hour just to do an audio, oh. audio for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's but quite how, lucrative actually. Commercials are the best money. Yeah. Honestly. How is the how is the voice acting going? How did you go about doing that? So um, I have an actor friend, and we were bored during COVID, and he was like, hey, there's this online class that my acting school's offering with a voice actor. She does My Little Pony, and she's the voice of Huggies and, like, stuff like that. Uh And I was like, oh, I'm not doing anything. (laughs) Like, I'm just going at home. Yeah, let's take this class. And then it ended up being really fun, and the teacher – you know, pulled me aside after, like, because they were, like, they were small, like, eight-person classes, and she would pull me aside in the Zooms, like, after the lessons and be, like, hey, you should pursue this, and Hmm. so I did, and I made a reel, and I immediately got an agent, and now I'm auditioning for Disney and Nickelodeon, and it's super fun. Yeah. See, I like you. You went out there, you did your (laughs) thing, you found something. Yeah. I love that, and you've been successful at it. That's that's see, there there are good things that have come out of this thing definitely, here. Definitely, definitely. Um, because I I took a, there's this platform called Stage Thirty Two, and I took a a course on voice acting um, through there as well. Um, so I I love that. I love that. Now you're oh, yeah. because the thing is, even with music. You know, some, sometimes people need somebody to read something, like for audiobooks, you know, like spoken, yeah. word, like spoken word books with music. Like, I, I know the Recording Academy has a category called spoken word, so you could even do that for somebody else if they, they wanted. But I, I love the fact that you are um, 
that you are you branched out and and you know you yeah. and, and as an artist you have to be creative in regards to how you're going to make your money. Yes.
believe. I mean, they're just, they sniff you out. They're like, oh, my gosh, I can create this. You, I can make you a star. All you have to do is pay me X, Y, and Z. And you're just, you know, and, and, and people, they still want, a lot of people want fame. A lot of people just want to be, work in the industry. And so they gravitate to that without doing their due diligence, their research. And then they get scammed. And I think that's just horrible. And, you know, learning how to read agreements, my God, that is so important. And if you don't, can't read it, find a pro bono attorney or a friend that knows how to read those agreements to help you out. It's, it's just, it's really sad. It's just really sad. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. And I've, I've almost been scammed uh, websites. Like when you're copywriting a song, you have to make sure you're at .gov because copyrightus.com is a scam. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. You see? Yeah. You, you got but it. It's so, it's so easy. And it looks very legit. You know, it, it, if you didn't know, you would have no idea. Yeah. Um, these days, people need to be very careful because – one thing that I've learned with people that scam, they always tell me, look at the email address. Always look at the email address. I will tell you right then and there um, that it's a scam. Like you, I get all these things like Bank of America and all these, and I click, nope, you're not. Sweet. <laughs> I'm not dealing with that crap anymore. It's like, sweet, sweet. I need to write a song. Sweet. Um, I wrote a song called Block. Now I need to do, sweet, bye. Um, but I, I think that's the sad part of the industry, um, is how many people want to take advantage of people that are trying to make it, that are really, truly trying to find their passion and, you know, and then to take advantage of that person is just, to me, it's very sick. And I know, I know quite a lot of, um, uh, people, businesses that have tried to do that. I mean, I had to learn the hard way. I gave money way in the beginning when I didn't understand anything. And, uh, yeah, now I know. I do my due diligence. I research. What have you done? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. It's how, super important. Yeah. So how important for you to be authentic in your music and as a person? Sorry, can you repeat that? How important is, is it for you to be authentic in your music and as a person? I mean, I think it's really it's it's really important because, especially nowadays, people will sniff it out if you're faking it. Like they'll know, mm-hmm. and it's it's important to be yourself. I think that's the whole point, in my opinion. If you want to be a creative, it's it's right. expressing yourself. Like, and and I don't mean like, um when you write a song, it has to be, oh, that happened to me, and, that you know, this is a true story. Right. I don't think that's what that means. Like, I, I love writing stories. Like, my okay. songs, a lot of them are stories that I write and create. Um, they, they didn't necessarily happen to me. Maybe, maybe I saw a scene on a TV show, or maybe my friend is going through a breakup, and, like, it's just whatever inspires you. I think that's, that's the authenticity. It doesn't have to be coming from your you know, your brain, your life. That's, but I do think authenticity is important in the way that you're being true to yourself and your writing and your feelings. Exactly. Exactly. I, you know, I, I you know about the relationship thing and all that, stuff, but I realized for myself that I wanted to write more, about, you know, social tag message something that are going on in the world and, you know, trying to help see somebody else's perspective on different issues. We have to agree with agree to disagree, but it's good to see what people are thinking. Sometimes you can learn from 
other people. That's what I try to do. Yeah. I don't try to force yeah. values and opinions on other people, but it's, you know what? Sometimes it's important just to listen. That's it. Um, and in this world, my gosh, that's all, that's all we can do is listen. There's so many opinions yep. out there. The other thing that I've learned also is like people people don't understand opinions. That word opinions, like people don't understand that everybody has a right to an opinion. The opinion can be ignorant. It could be smart. <laughs> it could be funny. And they may not be factual. Sometimes they are. But the point is that people have the right to their own opinions. It's like, I've, oh, yeah, yeah, the past three, four years I've learned, I've learned, I've learned a lot about people like friends that I had that I don't have anymore. Um, Because uh, they just can't agree to disagree. It's been a crazy world. Um, So you are a pop singer songwriter. How and why did you do that genre? Well, I didn't, you know, I didn't originally pick um, pop. Like, when I was at Berkeley, I was like, oh, I'm, like, contem- adult contemporary jazz. Okay. I'm, I'm above pop. And then I started listening to more pop, and I was like, this writing is so smartly simple. Like, it's so – pop writing, it, people underestimate how smart it is in its simplicity – and I just learned to love it. I love hooks. I love catchy beats. And I just really got into it. So right. that's why I kind of spread into this genre. I do like to bring um, jazz chord structures sometimes into my songs, but they're they're disguised. You know, they're secret, like, secret complex chords. I actually like that because the thing is, what I've learned over time is that you know, music needs to evolve, okay? We can't, right now, All when I listen to the radio, I feel like I'm listening to the same damn songs over and over and over. There's no differentiation. I mean, some people can be clever, but it's the same people, same songs. You know, I'd like to challenge radio stations to pay, you know, three indie artists they've never heard of and just play them. They do realize that the people that they're playing were once independent, and now they have a lot of money, and can pay for radio play, airplay. Um, yeah. Like I, I contacted, I, I listen to K Love a lot, the radio station, and I contacted them because they're all spiritual and religious, blah blah blah. Um, and I said, well, you know, when you're you're talking about all these things that you do for people and you help them out, I said, why not I help independent artists? Do you have a radio station? Is you know, giving is not always about oh somebody's poor, they're begging, they need this, that, and the other. Sometimes it's just helping somebody. In, in an industry, I said, you could play independent artists for 15 minutes, even if, if that's all you wanted to do. So I, I I never understand why people can't just give people a chance. Um, it's just sickening to yeah. me. There, there yeah. was one song, they were playing Lizzo. I can't even, there's some songs of those I can't even listen to anymore. They come off, I turn them off. Because... <laughs> In fact, they were playing morning, noon, and night. You get into the cars, yep. Lizzo. Get out of the cars, Lizzo. You get, I, no, uh-uh. I understand in the beginning when you're promoting, you're marketing and stuff like that, you have to push the song. But after a while, no, now it's a no for me. Okay, I don't, I don't want to hear all that jazz. But pop, you know, obviously it's a great genre. You can get a lot of sync and licensing placements for pop. 
Um, and I notice more and more as I've gotten deeper into songwriting that a lot of hip hop music goes into a lot of sync and licensing. I think it's probably one of the most popular genres for sync and licensing. I mean, because I know Bridgerton had, it, they took some of the hip hop or even pop songs and made it so that it fit into the time period. Um, so is yeah. sync and licensing something that you're going for as well? I mean, I would love to. I would love for my songs to be licensed and stuff for for stuff like that. I would love to be placed in a TV show, but mm-hmm. it's all about getting the right person to hear your songs, and it's so hard to do that. It's so yeah, hard. it is very difficult. But one of the things that I did, I joined the Guild of Music Supervisors. Um, mm. And every now and then, during the pandemic, I did a lot of webinars, conferences. So you join the Guild of Music Supervisors, I think it's $100 a year. And one of the things, you just reminded me I need to contact somebody. Um, one of the things that it, they do is that they have webinars and conferences and Zooms and blah, blah, blah. And then when they have the Zooms, they usually send around a spreadsheet. And then you can add your name to it. You can say what you do you know, that you'd love to, you know, hook up with one of the super music supervisors. You have a lot of money. And then I was oh, on wow. Yeah. It's, it's something you should do. And then, um, yeah. And then I, and then I can send you a list of places that you can upload your music. I, I have to do that yeah. for a lot. Of um, but there's, I was on clubhouse. This woman gave a lot of information of different places, um, that you can, uh, upload your music to. There's a specific site called TuneFind. Now, TuneFind is more of a site that um, shows you all the shows that are out there, and then you can listen to the the music on the shows, and then you can decide, okay, well, I have this song for this person. Well, why don't I send it to the music supervisor or the producer of this uh, show? So another person I um, interviewed, she loved this one show on Netflix. She absolutely adored it. She actually went on Instagram, sent the song to, uh, she wrote the song, sent it to the producer. The produ- producer fell in love with the song and placed it in, in uh, the show. So, oh, wow. we, yeah, so with that kind of stuff, sometimes you have to be aggressive. You, you know, just contact them. They're real people, too. I've done that, too. Um, there was a show on HBO that I really loved, The Leftovers. The music supervisor was amazing. I mean, the music that she chose on that show, I, I had to contact her. I was like, oh my God, this song, these songs are amazing. And she, she emailed me back and now I have a repertoire with this woman. You know, if you want to get into some of these shows, you just need to contact them directly. I do that. Wow, um, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, you need, you need to do it. You should do it. Um, and then they can get to know your music or, you know, sign up for disco.ac which I got to get deeper involved into. So a lot of music supervisors use that platform. So it's a platform where you can upload your music and you can create playlists. So let's say you have holiday music. So your playlist will be holiday music. So sometimes they'll go in there and look for songs. And you just never know how that's going to hit. You know, so there's yeah. many different ways to be able to do all of that. Um, I'm going to play your song. And you say, <laughs> Kids these days. Now tell me what that's about and why you wrote it. So um, I wrote it because I, so I, you know, I used to teach kids. I still do 
some piano lessons and stuff. And they, you know, every lesson they would tell me about their day or about school or, you know, stuff that's going on. And I noticed that, like, it's so widely different from how I grew up. And it's not, you know, what, you know, 15-year separation. Mm -hmm. But growing up with social media has really, really changed the way kids act um, and just, you know, like dress. They're wearing makeup so much earlier. They're they're always filming themselves. Like they're they're used to being on camera, which is something I'm still working on. You know, like it's it's so weird. And so I was inspired by that. Like I like the the hook of my song is I feel so sorry for the kids these days. And it's you know I do. I I, I feel like there is a there's something missing that that organicness of being a kid seems to be fading. Right. And so I, I kind of talk about that a bit in my lyrics, and I wanted to also bring the music that I grew up with into the song. So, like, it's got that punk pop vibe of, like, like I listened to Green Day and Fall Out Boy and Paramore when I was growing up, and I wanted to kind of bring a little bit of that into it while making the lyrics really current. So I don't know where that came from. All righty. Well, let's play it. All right. I feel so sorry for the kids these days. It seems none of them get an awkward phase. Oh, no, no. Oh, that shit humbles you like nothing else can do. I feel so sorry for the kids these days Oh no no I don't know how they focus What fucked up have you noticed I feel so sorry for the kids these days In seventh grade, they're caking on foundation. Meanwhile, I'm 28. I still can't contour shit. There's something terrifying about how hard they're trying. I feel so sorry for the kids these days. Oh, no, no. I don't know how they focus. What fucked up have you noticed? I feel so sorry for the kids these days Oh no no
focus What's fucked up have you noticed I feel so sorry for the kids these days Platform 
for some good. So TikTok is basically, it's informative. You can laugh. You know, some people can be ignorant on it. I mean, it's so many different things. And it's a learning tool. One of the biggest things is learning. To, there's so many hacks. You know, if you're like, what? Like one person demonstrated how you're supposed to eat a pineapple. Everybody's been slicing the hell out of a pineapple. And it's just like you just pull the ridges. And you're just like, what? You're like, huh? Yep. <laughs> it is crazy. Some of the hacks, like some th- things in a car, you didn't know what their tool was, what their use was. Or like pots and pans, what their use was. And then sometimes people go on there when they're depressed, they cry, they let their feelings out. So I love that in that sense. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I do some silly stuff, I, but I like to use my own music a lot of the time because I'm like, why are we always promoting other people's music? Why don't we promote our own music? Yeah. Then you have to figure yeah. out, okay, how can I best promote this to the best of my ability? So then... Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to use this. But what screwed up with TikTok is this. So if you, I sang a whole song. That's my song. They're like, no, nope, can't use it. You don't have the copyright. And I'm like, um, yes, I do. It's my song. That's the thing that I hate about it. So they will allow at least up to like 15 minutes of your own song on there. Or sometimes they allow a minute if it's like a music video clip that you put on there. That's just ridiculous. Um, yeah, but most recently I've been talking about a lot of the, the, the Roe versus Wade thing. And I'm t- those are the videos that I, I, one of my videos has like 45,000 views. And I'm like, Dang. Oh, my music? <laughs> so hopefully these people will listen to, to my music because I do have some women empowerment songs on there, but it, you just never know. Um, what hits on TikTok sometimes? It could be the most yeah. basic thing, and then sometimes you're talking about something else, and they're just like, "No, I'm not interested. Not gonna, not gonna watch that." But I do agree with you that for us right now, this generation that's doing music, it's a, a lot tougher when it comes to um, promoting and marketing. You have to be on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, this chat, Clubhouse, blah blah blah. It's a lot to maintain. So how do you maintain your marketing and promoting? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm really trying right now to, like, make a bigger effort in social media because I know that that's my biggest weakness as an artist. Like, I'm like, I just want to write. I just want to perform. Why is no one hearing it? Like, duh, because I'm not promoting myself well. So you know, I'm I'm making a big effort in, in Instagram. I like I, like Instagram. Right. I understand way more than TikTok, so I, I post more to Instagram. Um, and and I and now you can like post it instantly to Facebook at the same time. So that's that's right. nice. Yeah, but um, like eliminate yeah. it's really hard. What's your favorite part about being an artist? My favorite part about being an artist is 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 when I write a song and I I I play it literally just for myself and I'm like, oh shit, like that's Ma- good. And then I'll like I'll be like I'll call my roommate in and be like, hey hey hey, listen to this, and like she'll be like bopping along and be like, oh shit, good. <laughs> 
And it's just that whole process is probably my favorite part, the creation, the creating process. Now, um, in regards to the creating process, do you like the songwriting aspect of things, or do you like to go the part where you go into the uh, studio and you lay down the track? Oh, I I love them both. So I love sometimes I hate writing songs, but I love having written. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. sometimes it's like it's like pulling fucking teeth, and I'm like I can't get, like everything I write is. You know, you write and instantly delete, write, instantly delete, but then you write it and you're like, oh, and then you, you, you know, repeat that and you're like, oh, 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 okay, this is good. And then when you, when you go into the studio and you hear it with the, with the polished vocals, finally, just hearing that first mix is always such a good feeling. It's so fun hearing the, the close to final product. So I, I. I do. I love them both. I love, I love going into the studio and recording and uh, I, I kind of put it in the same process. Like it's, it's just like another step in okay. the writing process. So. Okay. No, I completely yeah. understand that. I mean, I love, I love the recording aspect of things. I like getting into it because it makes me realize more and more how much I love to sing. And I, I love mm-hmm. the act. Oh my gosh! I'm, gonna, I'm singing this song, and they're gonna people are gonna get to sing, hear a new song and all this stuff. I love, I just love that feeling. Now, what do you prefer? Do you prefer a more intimate setting, or do you prefer uh, a huge stage when you're performing, and why? Hmm. Um. I I like them both. They they have different times and places. I mean. Like, I just did a show at the Bowery Electric um, last Thursday, and I was on the main stage, which was nice, because they have, they have, like, a little small stage upstairs, which is that small, right. intimate, you know, setting. And then downstairs, they've got the main stage with, like, a two-floor bar. And it was a pretty full house, and I've got to say, that was such – that was just so much fun. Like, I I love – I mean, if I could play MSG, I would, you know, I, I would, yeah, I would play, I, I love the big, the big, the big, the big audiences, the sound of a crowd cheering gives me chills, even when it's not, you know, even when it's not my own show, like, it's just such a euphoric feeling, so I'd have to say the big, the big ones is my, that's my favorite. Yeah, I love them both, but I love the big setting where you can move around, you can sing, jump around, engage the audience. And then at times I like an intimate setting because they're in your face and you can talk to them and and engage more with the intimate audience. Um, So I completely understand your point of view. Where is the weirdest place you've ever um, come up with a song idea? Um, oh, well, I mean, kids these days, Ooh. I wrote almost the entire song um, on the Cross Island Parkway, if you know where that is, which is a highway between New York and Long Island. Um, I Yeah, I just, I, when I'm driving is always when I get a song idea, which is really annoying. And <laughs> so I've got to have, you know, the voice memo app constantly recording, uh, but that's probably... Uh, you know the 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 most interesting place I've written a song where I oh well, actually 
I did also have a song idea um, when I was in the middle of the desert in Israel. <laughs> so that's oh, another wow. weird place. Yeah. I uh, I usually get um, I always get ideas in the shower. Yep, the shower. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm just like, and then I, and then I have to keep singing them like because I don't have my phone with me. Although somebody introduced me to a waterproof pad that I have yet to use in the shower, um, and I want to come up with a gadget that's waterproof that you can just press the button and you can just think, start singing because I come up with some good ones. And then I'm like, what was that? Uh, okay, oh my gosh. And, and then I'm you like, need oh. to the message on, on paper unless you're going to notate it. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I, and then I try to, and I come up with a great harmony because a uh, melody, and I don't play an instrument and stuff like that. So I definitely have to get in there and try to uh, remember it and record and voice record it and stuff like that. I'm, I'm trying, but I'm going to come up with that gadget. I'm telling you, I'm going to come up with it. Um, <laughs> well, luckily, iPhones are waterproof now. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. But this, I wanted to do a little bit more. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. Um, what are yeah. three things you wish you had known before you got into the music industry? Oh, I wish I had known how much self-promotion I would have to do. Ooh. That's one. Uh, you know. Um, I wish I had known that I would need a thicker skin in the beginning. Like, I love co-writing, but boy, it was Ooh. really intimidating in the beginning when I first right. started doing it. Cause like, sometimes you're like, oh, I love this idea, and you say it, and then everyone is like silent crickets and no one likes it like oh fuck it sucks and then your confidence is down and you don't say anything else the rest of the session you know one thing um and i i here in hindsight hindsight 2020 if i had i wish i had taken a stage performance class at berkeley because stage presence is so important and uh, that's yes. something I undress. Yeah. Yes, it is. I agree a hundred percent, a hundred and ten percent. So, what is up next for you? Um. So, I've got a song coming out on the twelfth, which I'm excited about. Um. I'm working on an album with the same, with actually two separate co-writers. So, one of them is my kids these days co-writer, Nick Kaufman. Um. So he's a guy that I actually DM'd on Instagram because I really liked his song. And he was in Switzerland. And he was like, yo, your music's also amazing. Like, you want to collab? And now he lives in L.A. and I've flown out. We've done sessions. Like, he's a great collaborator. So we're working on an album. And, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, I've got some really, really fun music in the works that I'm looking forward to releasing. Awesome stuff. And one last thing, one last thing. What is a quote, passage, I don't know, message that you'd like you like to use when you try to motivate yourself or push yourself? Ah, uh, so one thing I learned at school from my from my classes with Paula Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, she taught us. So we, part of our, we, we didn't really have any homework other than like writing songs, but the only other thing we had to do was we had to journal. And like, I'm not a journaler. Like, yes, I'm a songwriter, but 
I don't fucking like journaling. It, I, I get, uh, it's just not my thing. But she was like, right. you have to write every day. I don't care what you write. I don't care if you doodle a smiley face on the side of your book. But you have to write, and you have to handwrite. She didn't let us right. use computers when we wrote. We had to write it on paper. I'm and the one thing I learned is it's, you don't need inspiration to start writing. That's, what, that's the biggest lesson I learned because I majored in songwriting. That's the biggest lesson I learned. You don't need inspiration. Like, some people are like, oh, I can't write. I'm not inspired. I'm not inspired. And it's like, bitch, yeah, you can. You just got to start. Just put, put your, you know, open your computer, open your notebook, just write. It doesn't matter if it's shit as long as you write every day. That's it. I get it. I completely get it. Well, thank you, Emma, for being on chatting with Nat. I really appreciate it. I got to know you better. I will send you eventually all that stuff for thinking licensing because I think you have. Oh, yeah, you are amazing. So you definitely, I'll be watching. I'll be watching, watching and listening to your music on some show because it'll happen for you. I mean, great. Great songwriting skills, beautiful voice, beautiful person. I think that, yeah, your name will be in light. Uh, and you're in, you're inspiring. You're all inspiring. Oh, you. You're welcome. All right, everybody. If you want to find pop singer-songwriter Emma Ray, she's on Instagram at Emma Ray Official. She has a YouTube channel. She's on Facebook, Emma Ray Official. She's already started her one TikTok. She's going to have hundreds of TikToks <laughs> later this year. Uh, but if you can't remember that, just Google her. That's my new thing. Just Google me because we're on too many damn social media platforms there already. It's hard to remember everything, especially after all this pandemic stuff. Until next time, uh, thank you so much, Emma. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Until next time on Chatting with Ned. <laughs> Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.